Hello, people, and welcome back once again to the wrestling podcast. That's wrestling spelled W-R-S-T-L-I-N-G. It's all of the graps, but without the E. But of course, me and G, we're not anti-E. We're simply pro wrestling. My name is Liam. This guy is Gareth. Hey. And we welcome you and thank you very much for joining us once again. So a bit of a changes to this card. Um, we are going to be speaking to Waka later in the month now. So apologies for those of you that were waiting on that one. Just a couple more weeks to wait. We are going to be catching up with her. I'm really looking forward to that conversation. So in the meantime... Wrestlers' uh, schedules are constantly in flux, unfortunately. Oh, are they ever? Yeah, absolutely. No, they're busy people. Um, so... Instead, we're still going to be talking about FMWE, and then we're going to have a bit of a general catch-up about a few things. I'm actually really looking forward to that. So anyway, let's jump in with FMWE. Now, must confess that I haven't actually had an opportunity to watch this show, so we're relying solely on the critical ability and analysis of this the one Gareth. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Gareth. What did you make of this show? So no five-star classics here, as oh. an understatement. <laughs> But uh, a lot of fun, and I thought was a really good statement of intent from FMWE, like showing, like, right, this is what we're about. It's something that I imagine will be tweaked and improved on slightly going forward. Mm-hmm. But I think, in terms of what their self-evident mission statement is uh, of you know what they want to deliver, I think they did deliver here. <laughs> Big explosions, explosions, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, a real variety show. Everything was like fun and had my interest. But in terms of what we the stuff we kind of usually cover where we're generally looking for the best possible in reaction, you know, this isn't it. And I don't think it was ever gonna be it. But it was it was fun and I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. And that's the good thing about wrestling is it it's a variety show. Absolutely. And, you know, different strokes for different folks. And as you say, I don't think this probably purported or set out to be a big sort of Meltzer classic kind of show. But by the same token, you know, it definitely has a place for sure. What did you make of the venue? I was quite intrigued by it being at a fruit and vegetable market. <laughs> yeah, it was fascinating. You know, it was just uh, a way to make it partly outside, I guess, you know, to hopefully okay. keep the smoke clear and there's nothing really flammable you know very flammable around it's just like a concrete structure with like one side open okay um, so in, in my head this looked a bit like one of the you know street fighter 2 backgrounds where you've got people like selling bananas and stuff like that in the background whilst <laughs> the wrestlers are fighting and bombs are going off so unfortunately not i would have loved i would love that to have, have been the case hey it's so. always next time yeah. yeah just do it on market day absolutely definitely okay so any particular highlights that we should um chat about it was a real treat, uh, Drew Parker being X in the Throwing Money Bunkhouse three-way death match. Yeah, Drew's doing big things over there, he right? He is. You know, he's killing it in BJW, literally. You know, he's, if you <laughs> saw his back recently, he he looks like he sort of might be all out of blood. Good Lord. Yeah. And he's heading to GCW as well soon. Is that right? He is, yeah, yeah. He's booked over in GCW as well, so he's doing a little little stint in the States, which is very cool That's indeed. exciting. I didn't know that. I think he's yeah. probably quite in demand, or he's, his his stock is certainly rising from the work he's doing out in Japan. Yeah, so, yeah it's, it's very cool. It's interesting when you kind of compare him to Chris Brooks, both being out in Japan, and, you know, I think both had like a very, like a view of what they wanted to achieve, and it's very different. But in parallel, they've both been doing 
amazing work and making big names themselves in the style and promotion that interests them. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's probably the most gratifying form of work, isn't it? You know, they're mm. doing exactly what they want to do and they're, they're making a great job of it. So yeah, really pleased for them both. What was the throwing money bunkhouse three-way death match actually like? What are we talking about here? So as a concept, I love it. In yeah. Many ways. As, so there were the people weren't actually throwing throwing money. So I think it was more like on online people were paying or maybe in the venue, but not like throwing it at the ring. Yeah. Um, and so once certain uh, once certain benchmarks were reached, different increasingly interesting weapons were sort of unlocked. I kind of so, like the idea. It's very sort of battle royale in a way, yeah. You know, or, or Hunger Games probably more accurately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, so, yeah. like, we started with a kendo stick, and you know, a ladder was unlocked. Uh, what was supposed to be um, like hot pepper powder, <laughs> but it was bright pink. So I, I'm not, I'm not convinced. Convinced it, uh, yeah, was what it uh, <laughs> purported uh, to be that, that japanese pink pepper yeah that's yeah. it um and then like there was <laughs> probably the most interesting weapon that got got involved was like this spiked club Ooh. that the wrestlers were making out you know weighed a small ton uh <laughs> that was was curious i'd never seen that in a in a match before Crazy. um you know i think a barbed wire board got involved and yeah so it was it was interesting and so drew parker came away with the with the win here um, you know, I think further capitalizing on his uh, current deathmatch reputation in, mm. in Japan is no bad thing. Um, I wasn't familiar with either of his opponents. So he, facing off against Miss Mongol and uh, Nene Dai. Um, so, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun match. You know, again, nothing hugely to write home about. He's a good fit for FMWE. Absolutely. You know, in terms of obviously they're, they're bringing back some of the classics but you need a new a new wave of younger deathmatch workers that are going to kind of fit in here. And I think he's a, he's a perfect fit, isn't he, really? Well, something that I think it could be quite interesting and something to keep an eye on is in the interview that I was lucky enough to do with Anita, which is up on itrwrestling.com if you get a chance. He did actually close that interview by saying that his plan, or going forward, was to find a successor. Mm. And you wonder if young Drew Parker could be the guy. Potentially, yeah. He he seems to be making real real waves for himself. You know, I think maybe that's uh, somewhere we need to visit as well. Is we could do with uh, making a drop in over at, at um, Big Japan at some point. Yep, I will steal myself, and we will get on it if we can. I, that's one I would love to watch in person with you. Now oh, that like, such a thing is possible. If we can pair that to sort of a nice friendly Joshi or something, or, you know, something on a, like a, a TJPW show or something along those lines, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> just, yeah, just to uh, keep you from going completely off the rails. Indeed. Um, okay, let's talk about the main event real quick then. So obviously Anita himself mm. involved in this one. He's in his 60s, isn't he? He's Yeah, I believe so. Fair play. He's not a young man. Fair play. No, I, I appreciate He's, that. He still looks like a badass, though. Yeah, he does. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't actually look that much different, you know, no. to a lot of the more recent stuff that he's done. You wouldn't go high. He's in his like, and he's still in. He's still in decent shape as well. Yeah, yeah. Because of the pink powder that had been left in the ring from the previous match, Anita's singlet got stained pink. Ah. So with his leather jacket on at the end of the match, cutting a promo, he looked like a Japanese Bret Hart. But I like that our pal Minoru Fujita yeah. is in here. 
just he's an interesting cat isn't he because i think pretty much all that he does is deathmatch stuff apart from the one show which is about as far away from deathmatch as humanly possible which is choco it's a delight like i you know so i think this is the first deathmatch i've seen him him work i've i've only ever seen him work otherwise in choco pro yeah so it just is a bit mind-blowing seeing him with uh explosions and barbed wire he'd be an interesting guy to talk to i'm sure absolutely you know, he clearly just likes having fun and but, a bit like suzuki in that way as well minoru suzuki yeah. you know he's a you know not so much a deathmatch guy but a hard-hitting pretty sadistic guy so, and, you know portrays a very serious well. character yeah 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 but when there's the opportunity but obviously like knows himself well enough that he can do the the funner stuff the sillier stuff mm. but yeah i it's interesting just seeing him work you know for jesus to work death matches because he's somebody that can really go we've seen in his his single especially in his singles matches and you know in his his tag team matches in uh choco pro that he you know bell to bell he is a he's a really good wrestler yeah well we're going to be talking about who's in the running for our end of year lists uh, a bit later on. And I think he's probably a name that will come up. So yeah, absolutely. All right. So with FMWE generally speaking, do you see a future for this promotion? Is there, is there things they can do going forward? Like what, what would you sort of forecast them uh, to be doing in the next six months? It's really tough to say. I'd like to see going forward, you know, just tightening up the production, you know, I appreciate you know, first first show of a new yeah, of a kind of resurrected promotion. I understand, you know, things can be a little bit shaky. It was nothing was so bad that, you know, it was it was a turn off, but you'd like to see that get a little bit better. Um, you know, maybe tempering the explosions a little bit so you can still see the actions post action post explosion, just because in that main event, after a certain point, you couldn't see really what was going on. <laughs> which is a kind of detriment. Unfortunately, you know, you want as much, it's finding that um, a middle ground where you're getting as much explosion as humanly possible, but still allowing the audience to see what's going on. I think thermal goggles is the way forward for the audience. You know? <laughs> yes, absolutely. You can just switch them on and off. And yeah, I, th- I think that's, if there's, if there's room in the budget, that's probably where I'd be taking this. Yeah, So, and I think, so, you know, I think it's establishing uh people that you know uh, newer people perhaps that can go in these main events as well so you know i hopefully you know you establish you know fujita who's who's a sort of young younger you know not i wouldn't say young but a younger guy you know who can go drew parker as well you know we've got some people that can take up the reins absolutely okay well let's check in and uh, FMWE again later in the year maybe yeah. and uh, see how they're getting on yeah so it's something I'm glad I'm glad exists and I I hope can just go from strength to strength absolutely good stuff all right pal let's leave it there we're going to come back after this short interlude with some general chat we move and we're back for part two of the show. So we're having a bit more of a, a general chat today due to uh, missing out on our promised interview. Unfortunately, we didn't have time to watch another show to review. So <laughs> I didn't have time to watch the first show. <laughs> yeah, I had one job and I didn't do it. But no, I love these though. Having a bit of a chat about wrestling in general. And actually, there's, there's quite a lot to get into. Um, you know, we're 
Well, we're, we're just over the halfway point now. This is episode 41 of the podcast. So it seems like a, as good a point as any to take stock and just have a little look at how things are going and where we want things to go in the future. So I suppose let's just have a look at the landscape overall here. Um, one of the big news stories uh, from the last week was our pal, friend of the show, the main man to cast the man, winning the King of DDT tournament. And then subsequently getting his rematch against Junakayama at Wrestle Peter Pan. And I just thought this was interesting and a good place to start because in many ways we were we lucked into being there right at the beginning mm. of this story. Because we spoke to Take just before this his first match with Akiyama. And I remember at that time the the amount of importance and stress that he put on, you know, DDT the indie style fighting against the mainstream style and then he bloody lost and then he lost the second one as well it was just crushing you know and then he's been on a real journey since then so yeah I was I thought that'd be as good a place as any to start just to have a chat about where he's come from and crikey can he do it it's been just really nice having this as a thread bubbling away in the background for the basically the entire length of our DDT fandom yeah, absolutely. He and he, you know, we could we say the main man to customer, and that's a little bit of an in joke between Gareth and I, because we absolutely love. At one point, many years ago, Ric Flair referred to Batista as the main man, Batista man, and, and it's just, just run a bit ever since. Forever, Tequesta just seemed to slot in perfectly yeah. there. But um, he's he, the main man. man. Though. He's great. <laughs> he's the main man, and he's been the focal point of the show since we since we've been watching, as you say. So, yeah, it has been interesting because he's gone from. I suppose in terms of presentation, you know, when we had the opportunity to speak to him and what a lovely chap he is, um, you know, he was the guy or very much, you know, the ace of DDT. And then we've had a gradual decline mm. in his status with the company and he's been presented less and less in that main event role. And he had the excursion to AEW, you know, wrestled a few matches on Dark Elevation and looked great. I don't know if anybody saw the Danny Limelight match, but that was fantastic. Um, and then he comes back and he's a new man, you know, reinvigorated. He forms that stable. Um, Kamina. you know, the ones, um, that he has a fantastic match at cyber fight festival. One of the best matches on the show and wins as well. He and, uh, Ueno win the match, which is big for his momentum. And then we get into the tag team side of things with Shimma. Gotta love some Shinma. Absolutely. And, you know, so they've won the the Ultimate Tag League. They're now the KOD Tag Team Champions, which is great because I, I forget the other chap's name, but the, the team that Harashima was in, I just, I, I was struggling with the whole hand signal gesture. And <laughs> I, I don't know why it just... It this was, wasn't for you. It was deeply unsettling and they were so smiley when they were doing it. So, I'm, uh, you know, pleased to move on from that ever so slightly. But yeah, so... You know, you've got the, that stable now has the tag belts as well. And then, of course, this absolutely belting tournament. And Taki comes comes out top of that, seeing off two Damnation members. Now, the question is, do we does the journey end at Wrestle Peter Pan? Mm. Is that the end of this story? Is that the climax? Does he finally get the win over Akiyama and return to the top of the mountain? Mm. It remains to be seen, doesn't it? I, and... It could go either way, and I think I'd be just as happy because 
again, DDT seems to have a pretty good handle on this big picture stuff, like letting mm. stuff play out, you know, having a thread in the background that they can pull at when necessary. And, you know, they've really been pulling at it just lately. Um, you know, I thought it was really good where uh, it's not been always the central focus. You know, they've not, you know, given it attention at times. They've just let it sort of bubble away, you mm. know, to the point where it made Hiroshima feel like he could have won at uh, Cyberfight Festival. Yeah, and that's smart, isn't it? It, it wasn't a foregone best. conclusion, which sometimes when you've got these storylines that are, are playing out over months, you know, even years, it can feel sometimes like it's a bit of a foregone conclusion. You know, you, you can liken it to the Kenny Omega, Hangman Page storyline in yes. AEW. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Big parallels. Despite Kenny being the champion and that bubbling in the background, it hasn't necessarily felt like all of Kenny's defenses are a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, there's a, there's actually a, quite a lot of similarities between those storylines in many ways. But yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see. And as you say, if if it if it goes against Take and Akiyama holds it a little longer, okay, fair enough, no no issues there. So long as it's sort of part of the wider picture. But yeah. it seems to be that that's the case so far. So, but it it does really feel like it needs to be. Uh, Takesta, who is the man to de- dethrone Akiyama. Yeah, I don't disagree. Absolutely. Okay, so that match is going down on August 21st at Wrestle Peter Pan. Naturally, there's going to be a fair amount of our podcast dedicated to that show. So, really looking forward to. Might be another full episode, if, depending on, uh, on the show. Yeah, absolutely. And so, moving on, another company that's been in the press quite a lot recently is Stardom. Mm-hmm. They've caught a lot of attention, largely off the back of the Utami Shiri match, which broke the Meltzer rating system and sort of upped the uh, amount of subscribers to Stardom World by quite a significant amount, which is incredible, really. So going forward, we've got the Five Star Grand Prix coming up. Blocks have been released. I don't know if you had a chance to look at these. I haven't. Okay, let me just run you through then. Okay, so the Red Stars, we've got Julia. Momo, uh, Saki Kashima, Starlight Kid, or is that Moonlight Kid? Natsupoi, Himeka, Kaguma, Mina Shirakawa, Mai Iwatani, and what should have been Natsuki Tora, but unfortunately she suffered an ACL injury. That's a real so shame. Sad. That's yeah. a real shame. Um, but yeah, we wish her all the best. So expect a replacement to be announced. And then the Blue Stars side, we got the Champ, Utami, we've got Shuri, Tam. Uh, Saya Kamatani, Maika, Azumi, Ruka, Konami, Unagi, and an X. So conceivably two mystery entrants. Mm. Okay, well, let's start off there then. Mystery entrants. Anyone in particular that would uh, take your fancy? Like, I would absolutely love it if uh, Jungle Kiona was fit and healthy to return. Wow. That would be huge, wouldn't it? It's a big ask, though, to come back for the five-star Grand Prix. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about jumping in the deep end. Yeah, but, but you know, that would, that would be lovely. I, yeah, I, I'm so ready to have, have her back. Me too. Yeah, she's been a big miss, actually. They've done really well in her absence, but I think she's a big name. And, you know, there's, there's a, a nice story to come back to mm. with Konami and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, for she's, sure. Konami's such a shit. She's great, though, isn't she? she she's quite... She's quite menacing yeah. in the Oeda tie gear and stuff like that. Just, Absolutely. I don't know, the facial expression she pulls. I think she's quite scary, actually. Um, but she's 
bloody good, isn't she? Um, I know there's been a bit of talk about people from Marvelous coming over. So Rin Kadukura was uh, popped up on one of the most recent Stardom shows. She's a viable option. The the big rumor is um, Takumi Iroha um, mm-hmm. from Marvelous. He's making a return very shortly again. But like you said, with Jungle, it's a big ask to just come back and jump straight into what's yeah. probably going to be the most grueling couple of weeks in the stardom calendar so yeah i mean you know if you're not familiar with the five star grand prix you know think the g1 you know think of somebody who's been on the shelf for a long time coming back and having to compete in that yeah it's a it's a big big ask other ideas i wondered if somebody from chocker pro yeah i was thinking that actually yeah 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 I don't know that I'd necessarily want to sign Emmy's back up to that or no. if she'd thank us for doing so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I could see May doing it or I could see Che doing it. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, be up for up for uh, Unimon. Ah, there you go. Yeah, Unimon being in there. That'd be really cool, actually. Yeah. So that's quite exciting. And I'm planning to watch as much of this as humanly possible this year because yeah. it does yield some very, very good matches. I, I I think you know it'd be good. I'd love if we could do not necessarily like cover the full shows necessarily, but even if we just do like a little uh, periodical uh, five star Grand Prix check in. We just on check the show. in, yeah, yeah okay. Just, like how how are we going? Yeah, all right, mate. Let's do that. Okay, so that one is jumping off on July thirty first. Still happening. It's tournament Still happening, season baby. again, baby. We off. We off. Did it ever stop? That's no, the question. No, no. In Japan, it's this tournament season year round. It is. It's just one big tournament over there constantly. <laughs> Even for groceries and things like that, you have to win a tournament to get what you want. Yeah, got, um, you have to win a Jenkins tournament. <laughs> so May's just super hungry. That's why all she eats is apples. <laughs> Every opportunity she gets. There we go. So the plot hole is filled in. Um, okay, let's talk about New Japan. So we started the year talking about Wrestle Kingdom, and that was a great show, of course. But I think New Japan, it's probably fair to say has had a challenging last 12 months possibly longer definitely certainly not helped by the pandemic some creative decisions that perhaps didn't land in the way that they would have liked yeah but i wondered if you would you know consider that they have they now turned a corner with installing shingo as the new champion they've got the big dome show coming up They've been doing some good work with the two young lions that appear to be pretty close to graduation mm. and also keeping El Desperado hot as the, the junior heavyweight champion, which surely nobody can begrudge. Are they now in a position where they've kind of recalibrated and second half of the year, we can really kick on. We've got G1 season ahead of us as well. So that's going to be mental. What do you reckon? Yeah, it definitely feels like the ship is writing itself. Um, you know, I, I've had a sort of tough, tough time with uh, New Japan the last, you know, the last year or so. After it being probably my favorite wrestling to watch for for a long time, I've just kind of lost lost that kind of interest a little bit. You know, and that's I think been paired with us getting more and more interested in other wrestling in Japan. Yeah. So. You know, my need to watch every New Japan show has kind of drastically fallen, you know, and I'm just kind of, I'm cherry picking a lot more now, but I do feel like I'm more likely to tune in for full shows again now than I was maybe 
six months ago. Yeah, I think it's really crucial that they get the G1 story, which tends to lead all the way to Wrestle Kingdom, correct. Yes. You know, they've, they've got to... They got to find the right challenger if it's going to be Shingo in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom, which I hope it is actually. Mm, um, same. You know, they got to find the right challenger. Tough to work out who that could be at the moment. Um, I'm a big Okada mark, so I would be happy to see that match again. I don't know if Osprey's fit, but that one kind of makes sense too. Outside of that, possibly Naito as a an Lij inter factional, yeah. yeah. There could be something there. Do they pull the, the attempt to pull the trigger on Sonata again? Yeah, could be could be the way. You know, the, that's the thing. They've got to get that story right. And I think if they can try and find one with a bit of an emotional pull, it's it's gonna it's gonna put them in the best stead. You know, for twenty twenty two, because you know that what we don't want to happen is we have another fantastic Wrestle Kingdom. And then things cool off again. I mean, mm. they'll inevitably cool off to a degree, but not to the extent where they, they did this year, where it just felt like they've had a real mountain decline yeah. in order to... As, a, as an outside pick, how about Jeff Cobb? You don't have to sell me on that one. You know like, I love Jeff Cobb. They, the, Shingo and Cobb just are magic together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I ship that as a pairing, so we'll call it Shob for now. Shob. <laughs> <laughs> terrible <laughs> um yeah I, i'm i'm totally down for that i mean look i'm probably past the point of pining for ishii to win like you know it's, it's better to just not be disappointed isn't it but that that would also be fantastic there's some really great options out there and it's fresh as well you know shingo on top is a fresh angle for yeah. the whole heavyweight scene so it's very exciting i really like um i really like show and I'd like to see him step up to heavyweight because he and Shingo had a fantastic mm. rivalry in the juniors. But I don't know if it's it would have to happen probably too quickly for the way New Japan tends to work. Yeah, Maybe one for next year. But you could see if they found a way to get him into the G1 this year, for example, um, then you could at least start to lay the groundwork for that story yeah. for Wrestle Kingdom 2023. Um, this is really long-term booking. <laughs> <laughs> But there we go. You know, it's some really good stuff to come from New Japan. In many ways, their their best part of the year is kind of still ahead of them. So yes. I think now they're in a good position. Hopping over to the US. So New Japan USA has sort of gone on a bit of a journey with us because I think when we first watched it, it was you could appreciate that the wrestling was good, but it was just it very much in a vacuum. Yeah, and absolutely difficult to really get your teeth into it's built its own little ecosystem now where you know you kind of know where wrestlers sit on the ladder and um you know there are storylines and stables and yeah it's it's kind of a a much better watch especially you know for for an hour of wrestling a week it's pretty spot on isn't it yeah it's a pretty good investment of your time now what i wonder and i saw voices of wrestling mention this i have to credit them with the initial thought but the way that this show is, it's a really good show, you know, in terms of bell to bell. Crowds are coming back. We know that uh, New Japan resurgence is going to be happening in the US and then presumably uh, Strong will have crowds going forward. I think this could be one of the best shows going mm. with a live crowd. I genuinely do. Possibly one of the best shows 
in the US, certainly, you know, it's, it would be between that and Dynamite, I would say. Yeah, as a, as a kind of weekly product. That's a really exciting prospect. And also, I think if you can, you know, if travel restrictions keep loosening, obviously with everything being safe and well, the prospect of more people jumping back and forth, like we've had Nagata over there, we've had Kojima over there, but I think more people going the other way will really help it. Yeah, absolutely. You like know, Tom Lawler popping up in Japan for a month or so. I, I would love for like a Lawler or a Dickinson to get a shot in the G1. Please, please. Brody King as well, another Oof. good option. There's a, there's a lot of really great options that would be great uh, additions you know, to kind of freshen up the field. Yeah, and I think that's something that they've kind of suffered from with the lack of being able to bring in uh, import talent yeah. from the outside. We we really don't need Yujiro Takahashi in the uh, the G1 again this year. <laughs> no, we've had that story. Thank you for that story. I didn't dislike the story, but we've had it. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Time to move on. So there we go. New Japan could well be on their way back. Resurgence could well be the catalyst for yeah. that. Really looking forward to seeing that with some fans in attendance. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So that's the general landscape. Now I want to bring things a little bit closer now and talk about where we're at with the pod. So we're halfway through the year. We've covered an absolute plethora of different promotions. Uh, you know, probably more than I would have expected us to have covered yes. by this point in the year, actually, <laughs> which is great. Um, but are there any so far that we haven't hit that you're keen to... And same goes for interviews as well. I've been very, very, very lucky with interviews. Is there anybody on your wish list for the second half of the year? Ooh. It's a sort of very wide-ranging question. I'm giving you some room to work with here. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to sort of dig into um, Big Japan, just because I think, again, that's very different from the stuff we usually cover. Uh, there's still quite a lot of joshi promotions that we haven't touched on dragon gate is the big one i think dragon we've gate. we've been missing yeah that i would really like to check in on um you know and i, th I think it'd be good uh to perhaps get a little bit more uh, uh u.s content in like especially now you know with crowds turning i think Ring of Honor's Best in the World coming up will be really exciting. Uh, Slammiversary with a crowd will be really exciting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, we, we maybe don't touch on those quite as much just because, uh, you know, from my perspective, we feel like we're pretty much guaranteed a great in-ring product uh, week in, week out in Japan. Whereas in the US, it can be a little bit more variable for one reason or another. But I do think it will be a bit more exciting with to watch uh with with crowds again yeah yeah i don't disagree and don't forget as well you know we've got the the uk scene will hopefully be opening up soon you know wrestle queendom's been announced by pro wrestling eve which could potentially be quite exciting yeah so. and rev pro running shows again uh shota is going to be uh back in action again very soon for yeah. rev pro yeah well one thing i really want to try and do and it's not through want of trying thus far is try to cover more promotions in mexico mm, yes but, absolutely you know as we've said before you know the ethos of the pod is that we want to cover things that our listeners can legally watch <laughs> yeah <laughs> if it's know, something not, that isn't accessible to people then yeah we're not trying to promote any sort of 
piracy or anything like that you know we, we want to pay for our wrestling so and it's just where so much stuff from mexico is geo-blocked or just doesn't get pumped out to the outside world you know triple mania will be and we'll, we'll almost definitely touch on that again i'm sure but that was one of my favorite shows last year it was a great show a really great show and there's been some really good stuff that i've seen from um triple a floating around online but again you know if you want to promote the legal stuff then it's, it's very difficult <laughs> it's very difficult to do cmll do have shows that you can buy on ticketmaster but you've got to watch them Live. as and when yeah, yeah. As, as they're there's no sort of stream option so or, or return option so yeah it's just difficult so if anybody's kind of waiting for that sort of content we hear you and we would like to so as soon as it becomes more available we'll absolutely be covering it that's for damn sure and of course the aussie scene as well love the aussie scene yes uh, it's been one of my real highlights for 2021 so i suspect we'll probably do a bit more there what about interviews then mate uh who's on your wish list <laughs> who's at the top I think I think the big one for us, just because we've been, you know, I, it almost goes without saying, but we've been inadvertently interviewing everyone around him, but haven't haven't actually spoken to the man himself, Chris Brooks. He, he's like the sun in our solar system. Yeah. We, we've interviewed lots of the lots of the people in his orbit. Yeah, that would be a big one. Chris Brooks would be a big one. Actually, I, I think that'd be a really fascinating conversation, particularly, you know, as pertains to his year last year. Um, mm. That'd be a really good conversation to have um what about you who's who's top of top of your list for who would you love us to get i'd, I'd love us to get julia oh yeah wouldn't that be wild um i again i would just be fascinated to talk to her and you know see, see what she's like and get her views on on wrestling and, and performing i think that'd be a really interesting conversation um that's probably the the top one for me brooks is well up there as well Someone like a Minoru Suzuki would be a lot of fun. Oof. Yeah, there's a lot to a lot to ask there, isn't there? But also equally, Minoru Fujita would be a really yes. good. I'd yeah, love yeah. that conversation. Yeah. That would be great. Um, yeah, I think you know, given given our our usual orbit, yeah, he would be he would be a good one. He'd be a really good one. So yeah, lots to lots to 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 hope and pray for. So we'll be keeping our fingers crossed. And actually, we do have some very exciting interviews penciled in uh, for the coming weeks as well. So we'll be announcing those as we get a little we're, bit closer we're going to try and get a little bit better at uh, having the interviews in the can before we uh, announce them just because we've been caught off guard twice now unfortunately by things unfortunately changing you know where we've announced an interview and then haven't been able to deliver so yeah yeah for nobody's fault we should say as well it's not yeah. that's not passing the blame to anybody no, no, no. scheduling scheduling changes we, we, we're just very ex- we just get very excited and want to shout to the world that we're going to be speaking to these fun people yeah <laughs> okay so that's what we want in terms of the end of the year you know we do our it's gonna be so hard we do our little lists you know we've got the happy list we've got the wrestling 21 i mean just speaking more generally so for you who are the who have been the top performers for 2021 thus far who, who's really caught your eye oh my goodness where to where to even begin uh who I'm just going to try and think of like who have I been most excited to kind of see on cards <laughs> again if it's like a happy list Antonio Honda just Antonio like Honda. anytime he anytime he pops up anywhere I'm like oh well, I'm I will 100% enjoy whatever he's doing yes I really enjoyed just getting more and more into Miu Yamashita this year mm-hmm. like she's somebody that you know 
I was really enjoying anyway. And then just off the back of our interview as well, it's just made me love her work all that all that much more. So, you know, anytime she's kind of popped up, I've been really enjoying her her run this year. And, like, and that's not somebody that we really touched on last year at all. So, you know, those are the two that immediately spring to my my mind as kind of performers that I get pumped to see anytime they're they're on a card. Yeah. Okay. So my little shortlist thus far would be Ueno. Yes. Had a staggering year year. thus far. Yeah. And we're only, you know, just over halfway through. So he knows what more can come. Rena. Yes. Again, just a really varied, a really wild and varied year. Mm. Gone down the Minora Fujita route of (laughs) death matches and then a little bit of Chalky P. So whatever not. Best bros, I think, have had yeah an astonishing year so far. Just just crazy good matches. Definitely. Like they, you know, obviously they won't be, but like they uh for one reason or another. But you know, in terms of like Dave Meltzer, like best of you know, best tag teams of the year kind of lists, they they should be right up there. Oh yeah. No, they absolutely should. Yeah. ITR fifty. They should absolutely be at the top of that. Or or certainly on it. We'll we'll be we'll be pushing our uh our favourites, one hundred percent. Remains to be seen whether they end, whether they make it, but we'll certainly be pushing our favourite. <laughs> um, outside of that, uh, Utami I think's had a really good year mm. so far as as champion. I've really enjoyed the uh, tag team of Julia and Shuri, and also you know, going back. It almost seems like a lifetime ago, but going back to that Julia Tam match as well. You know that was an absolutely huge match. That was yeah, um, that was great. So she's on course to, you know, having a, a very, very strong year at the second now. What do that was of- another match that gave the old um, Stardom World subscriber numbers a bit a bit of a bump. Well, it's so organic, isn't it? It's the word of mouth thing. Everybody's yeah. talking about these crazy good matches and more and, pe- more and more people watch them, which I think is lovely. It's, mm. it's a nice way for it to go. But th- those are the ones that are really jumping out at me at the second as people that should certainly be contenders for that list. Now... I had a feeling it would go this way. Most of the people, well, all of the people that we've mentioned are based in Japan. Yeah. And of course, we're not, of course, we're not Japan specific, although we could be if you want us to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It'd be very easy to sort of uh, take that lateral move. Yes. <laughs> Let your voices be heard, people. But, you know, we do cover the rest of the world as well. And there's been some fantastic stuff. There's been some fantastic stuff internationally too. So, what can wrestlers from outside of Japan do to fight their way onto the list? And who, if anyone, do you think is primed to make a run? Again, that's a, you keep throwing these quite difficult questions my way, <laughs> which you know I don't you know necessarily know how to immediately answer. You know, I, I think again, it's just. For me, is I'm sure the talent is out there and the matches are happening, but it's sort of a bit of where it's a much more kind of divert. I guess the kind of US indie scene is maybe a bit more of a diverse landscape. It's harder to like keep up with everything necessarily. Like, mm-hmm. and you've got the same people kind of working across, you know, multitudes of promotions. Yeah. So you don't get that sense of continuity in the same mm. way that you do with following a promotion in Japan. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that probably has a little bit of something to do with it. And I think as well, just where Japan has been really able to kind of have have those crowds, 
even if they're not necessarily like shouting and screaming, it's like added to the atmosphere quite a lot uh, versus, you know, like a impact or a, an ROH with, or a New Japan Strong with, with kind of nobody in attendance. That's interesting. So in theory, then, it's all to play for in the second half of the year where crowds are hopefully safely coming back to US shows, which will enhance the product and, and may, may provide a bit of a launch pad in terms of getting more, more US shows in front of us or in front of people generally. Yeah, I wonder if as well, you know, I, I've got sort of no evidence for this, but I do wonder if some of the, you know, larger US companies like an Impact and an RH have maybe been holding off on some of their top tier stuff until they can have crowds back in. Well, yeah, I think if you were running those companies, that would certainly be the temptation, wouldn't it? Yeah, so I, I do wonder if that has played a part in why we're not necessarily like talking about like, oh, this incredible wild match from ROH or Impact yeah. or, you know, wherever. Yeah, I don't disagree. One place that has been incredible wild matches is mm. Australia. Mm. Um, you know, we had the the Adam Brooks Slex match from earlier in the year, which was just wild. That was earlier this year, wasn't it? Um, yes which is absolutely mental. We wax lyrical about Aussie Open and the velocities, and there's been more beyond that as well. I do wonder if those acts that I just mentioned could be primed for uh, for selection. <laughs> I, I think they're all having very good years, yeah. and if they can increase their output, I think that's probably the thing that's hamstrung them, if anything, is just the they've probably done stuff but it's not been as accessible as you know some of the bits we're already watching yeah so if they truly. can kind of with travel restrictions lifting etc if they can just up the output a bit you know there's going to be bangers well you think bangers you galore. know you think adam brooks and slacks are roh bound as soon as they can and mm. you know the aussie open uh going to be back on our shores very shortly so yeah. australia's loss is our gain yeah but i, I not, i'm not going to disconnect from the scene though because i think that's what i've kind of taken away from the past 12 months there's a lot going on in australia there's a lot of really good wrestlers over there so it's well worth keeping an eye on it um but look man you know i i'm not ashamed to say i love aussie open they're yeah, one of so- my favorite acts in the whole world and yeah. now they're back you know, even if they just had one or two matches this year, I'd probably be tossing it and turning it in my head like, oh, maybe we should put them on the list. You know, yeah. they're pretty pretty great. Um, you know, but I think it's really exciting that they're going to be back here in the UK. Be interested to see how that goes, to be truthful. Um, Absolutely. We're still, we don't really know what the UK scene is going to look like going forward at all. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see. And in terms of matches, you know, there are any, we've got this huge spreadsheet which i think we thought at the start of the year this is going to really help us um whittle things down when we come yep. to working out the wrestling 21 which again is not the best matches of the year or anything it's just the ones that are our favorites so you know we're, we're not experts or anything um off the top is there anything in particular that stands out to you as yeah this one needs to be on the list as it stands uh so you know, maybe not a five-star classic, but one that has really stood out to me this year uh, that I really loved was the, was it Russian Deathmatch, Masha Slamovich versus Edith Surreal? Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? That was really great. You know, that's one I don't want 
necessarily getting lost in the shuffle of this year. Um, you know, I think that's one people should should seek out. Yeah, that was totally different, wasn't it? Maybe it's a little bit off of the the beaten track from from um, Camp Leapfrog. So that was part like that was in as part of um, frog uh, their frog sport event, I believe. Yeah, mm. yeah, that was a really 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 fun match. I think. Well, we're going to have a, a bit of a headache when it comes to Choco Pro 100 because <laughs> there's there's at least there's three matches on there, possibly the, four. But yeah, they could easily. Three. Yeah, I love the May Mizuki match. Just so, that was just so fun. The Minoru Fujita Aki match was epic and yeah, emotional. top notch. But actually, the the Best Bros versus Minoru and Emi Sakura match was arguably even better. Yeah. So, Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're, we're, I think it's going to be come December time. We need to set aside a couple of days and uh, get together. A couple of and weeks. Just, well, it'd be, it'd be great to kind of get together in a room and uh, watch watch back through as many of these matches as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. You know, and if you've got any suggestions for things that we, you know, we've not covered that you think we would love, please, we're all ears. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's nothing we like more than wrestling recommendations, genuinely. So do please tweet them at us dm them to us email them to us whatever you can carrier pigeon them to us mate we'll take signal a covid secure carrier pigeon is acceptable that's absolutely fine okay semaphore so i think that pretty much does this i just wanted to get your views on where we're at for you know this point in the year and it's quite exciting you know the amount of stuff that we've still got ahead of us yeah we're optimistic tournaments in terms of great shows and actually you know the the excitement surrounding the broader international scene with crowds coming back and what that will do to elevate stuff. I think it's, there's reason to be optimistic right now. So it's, it's very exciting. And I think we are going to have our work cut out for us when we try and put together our silly end of year list. So yes. maybe we just won't do it because it's no, no, we're doing up. it. I, I, won't, I won't let you off the hook. <laughs> I just say, I liked it all. It was fun. I'd like to do it again next year. Right, illegal. <laughs> all right, folks. I think that is pretty much us done for this week so again apologies that we couldn't deliver the interview but we will be dropping it later in the month so do keep an eye out for that one next week what do we got we're going to be talking about seedling have an absolutely banging show coming up so we're going to be chatting about that with our pal beth harris uh, we're also going to be looking at the Actress Girls show. So another new promotion for us. So we'll be landing on that for the first time. And if we have time, we may try and fit in some Melbourne City Wrestling as well. They've got a big show, but let's see how we do. Um, but certainly those first two, we're absolutely going to be on those. And Beth's going to be joining us as well. So really looking forward to getting her views on life too. Uh, anything more from you, Woody, before we move? <laughs> Just that uh, in, in good good personal news, got signed off for my physio to start running again after a year of uh, ankle hell. Fantastic news. This is, Any, this is anything good coming out from uh, the Wyatt household? uh what's what's good for me I, i've just ordered a sh- t-shirt for that stable so that's quite exciting <laughs> that you if anybody asks you oh what's that t-shirt for, uh, about liam oh, don't worry about it oh don't worry about it it's fine yeah um but you know so going forward when i mention that stable i'm just gonna, just point, gonna point to the shirt which mm. is prime audio content if you hear a gap that's who we're talking about i'm not gonna do that i'll suck um but yeah I, i've just picked that up so really excited about that nice to support the good folks over at ddt because they're just a nice bunch and they put on good wrestling they really do they really do anyway let's move um on the socials instagram twitter we're at wrestling pods wrestling without the e 
wrestlingpod.com. Again, wrestling about the E is the place that you can go to find basically anything you need with regards to the wrestling podcast. Links to listen to us on different platforms, Twitters, personal Twitters, all that good stuff. It's all there, wrestlingpod.com. And that pretty much wraps us up for this week. So, folks, people, we love you. Thanks so much for joining us once again. In the meantime, stay happy, stay safe, and enjoy the graphs.